0: It shows on because of you. We've been dancing with the devil way too long. I know it's fun, but get ready to pay your dues. Oh God, come back home. This crazy world is filled with and abusers. Need you too far gone. I hope one day they
1: finally see the truth, God, we need you now. Well, good afternoon, Patriots, Freedom Fighters, throughout Saskatchewan, across the country and around the world. Um, yeah, outside my regular hours of, of uh, operation... Um, But we had to accommodate our next guest who's living um, across the pond. So uh, you guys have probably seen by now on Facebook, Twitter, that I'm heavily promoting an open letter that I sent to Premier Scott Moe in Saskatchewan um, in regards to the global pandemic treaty that is afoot within a couple of weeks things are going to dramatically change unless we can put the brakes on it and i up until yesterday i've been sort of struggling with this on how to approach it how to attack it and how to effectively oppose it and i was i was coming up empty because this is something that the federal government has just decided it's going to do and it's pretty hard to stop them from doing things that they're committed to do um, you know, after an election. But having said that, after giving it obviously some rigorous thought, um, it dawned on me, of course, that healthcare is provincial jurisdiction, and we have a constitution that identifies healthcare as provincial jurisdiction, and that nothing that the government does should ever abridge that um, that power that the provinces have and i believe in this case they are so i'm actively encouraging everyone across the country to to pressure your provincial governments pressure your premier to stop this and and up to and including a first ministers meeting Uh, where they can voice this opposition on the behalf of the residents of each province that they are sworn to represent. So I, I think it, I think we can actually stop it if, of course, we can pressure our provincial premiers. Now, of course, there's premiers like John Horgan, um, who will completely ignore most of the patriots in B.C., is my guess. That doesn't mean you shouldn't still force them to do it and hold them accountable when they do ignore you. Um, I mean, we have to use these situations to put a spotlight on these people. So anyway, so I've created a petition as well um, just to help promote the idea. Uh, You'll see it on my Facebook. You'll see it on my Twitter. Um, Please sign it. It, it's another form of pressure the more people that sign it the more people that comment on it the better it is i also encourage you to call the premier's office and leave your message all you got to do is search Premier mo uh, office and and give them a call um failing that an email if you don't want to talk to anybody obviously send an email we need to pressure our governments to do what's in the best interests uh of the people of each province so so you know i'm encouraging everyone to do this it is a mechanism that we can put a stop to this uh provincially and i think saskatchewan of course being a province that's you know still 50 50 uh we have a lot of pressure that we can put on our provincial government to move the needle and if saskatchewan can act and is committed to opposing this um whether it's through notwithstanding laws or other means um you know we can lead the nation uh, again and and uh and have this stopped so in my sort of wandering through this issue and, and trying to understand it i came across susan stanfield uh who did an interview uh, a, a video on this uh particular issue and she seems to be quite well-read on on the some of the particulars of it and and where we're at and and what it means. So I, I watched that video and I was very impressed with the information that she had. And, and so uh, I, I contacted her right away and asked her if she'd join us on the stream to discuss this. Um, so without further ado, uh, Susan Stanfield, how are you, Susan?
2: Very well, thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, you betcha, thanks for doing what you're doing. Uh, it's been a while since we've talked. It's been a, uh, maybe a couple of years, even. Has it been that long, or has it been a, maybe a year? I don't know. It's been a while. Well, it was with Max at the uh, Hope Airport, like that. Oh yes, right. Of course, yeah, right. Okay. So that was
2: twenty twenty one. That was maybe what right. April, May, June.
1: Uh, no, that would have been. That would have been. Yeah, maybe. Was it? Yeah, maybe it was June. Yeah, that was warm. Right. You yeah. guys were doing the
2: tour, and you guys were getting right. good crowds, and then you came to Yarrow.
1: Right, right, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think that was June, June or July last year. Before uh, you it was almost fairly close died. To the election, so yep.
2: Yeah. Before we almost lost you.
1: Yes, right, right. But hey, I'm back, so it's all good.
2: Yeah, you have to forgive me. I've picked up the um, nasty British humor, which doesn't always travel well. But uh, it's, yeah, it's wonderful. So
1: that was that was the other thing I have to explain to people. So we're, we're on it this time to accommodate you, who is now living in the UK. Explain that real quick.
2: Yeah, well, I saw the travel ban crap coming, right, last summer. And my husband's British. My children are British. And oh, I thought, cool. you know what? I can't survive another winter under Trudeau. And right. I knew we had to get out before the policy changed, mm-hmm. so we fled.
1: Okay, so that makes sense. Your your husband—I didn't know your husband was from the UK and 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 your children. So that's that makes complete sense then.
2: Yeah, we wanted to leave before COVID. We were planning to come back to England and London and do yeah. some work that I have here. So yeah. we stayed because of COVID, and I was honored to. But it was just time to leave as well. But sure. I'm doing more than I did before I lived in Canada this is something I want to be involved with we need
1: this right so going into that so I, I watched a video that you posted here a few days ago in regards to the global pandemic treaty and and some some information that I thought was extremely important and that I wanted to share to the folks that that follow me so if you can just you have the floor so just go with it tell us what we need to know
2: Okay. Well, I would say I've come across, and I know these people and you will as well. I think maybe the Canadian leaders on this is the World Health Council. And so it's an international body, but this is Jennifer Hibbard and um, Mark Trozzi. There's three Canadians in this NGO. And I had a meeting with them six months ago. So they, they know, they will probably know a thousand times more than I do, but they may not sure. have the... A strategy that I have. I haven't spoken to them yet. They're actually doing a big meeting about it tonight. So they've been on for months. Um, but my interest always is understanding the governance model, like, like what you're interested in. And more specifically, like how to stop this stuff, right? I don't really want to talk about it and do all these things and oh, this is bad. I'm always looking for, okay, how do we sink the ship? Right. You know, how do we get, how do we get it? I'm very much a Paul Watson type activist, right? How do we sink the ship to the bottom of the ocean so it can't destroy us? Right. So the piece that um, the pieces I thought we could go over and you may have lots of ideas on all of it. The, the biggest part, I think, is understanding how Canada assembles and is sending the delegation. So there's a delegation headed over there for the 22nd to the 27th. So Mm. essentially, these are the people that we theoretically have given authority to, to Mm. vote on our behalf in this bilateral arrangement of the World Health Organization. And we've been in it for 74 years, right? Mm. So they are, the delegates are Hadju, Tam, the shadow health minister of, of the Fed. So that's Michael Barrett an NGO and a youth delegate. So there's five or six Canadians that are packing to head over there to basically speak on our behalf. All right. um, the first thing I thought of was, well, as, as freedom groups, now we got to be in these delegations. We got to have one or two people like Jennifer Hibbard or experts or whatever, who are there because we can't actually trust our officials anymore. No. I mean, the fact that Teresa Tam is going to make this decision after what she's done to our country So that's the big first piece, I think, to discuss is the delegation. Has
1: has this delegation indicated one way or the other? I mean, I can assume, but have they indicated one way or the other how they're going to vote in this?
2: Well, okay, the treaty is not... So I've read all the documents, basically. Um, Hmm. The treaty is not supposed to come into effect until 2024. It can't really. The thing about the, the World Health Organization and the Assembly that Mm. governs the WHO, they have an assembly. And so that's the democracy part. They can't just put things up there. They may try and rush this, but it's not actually scheduled to go into effect until 2024. So what they're voting on actually, from what I understand next week is this, which is changes to the statute law of the assembly. And Mm. to me, this is what will allow the treaty and also the constitution they have to abide by the constitution of the world health organization. So that would be like our constitution. You can't just come in and change a law if it doesn't follow our constitution. So right. they have laws, right? They will have to change them in order to do this. So that's their stages of this. And mm-hmm. I think it's very easy, as you said, maybe to derail this uh, mm-hmm. and get some, a lot more countries talking about this. But if Canadians don't care, if they don't participate or want to listen, and well, you can read yeah. stuff like this, right? I mean,
1: that, that, that's the biggest hurdle I think we have is getting the attention of Canadians. Because I think ultimately, end of the day, if we can, any Canadian that I talk to, if I let them know what this plan is, and it essentially strips up, strips us of our sovereignty and puts it in the hands of an unelected foreign entity to make decisions healthcare decisions uh, for the people around the world and not necessarily in the benches, best interest of Canadians and our health and and so this is why i you know for me it's all about information to the public and getting this information to the public because it's ultimately going to be the public that forces our politicians to put the brakes on this from a canadian standpoint
2: yeah, and so we already have multiple bilateral agreements. We're in lots of them, and right. they all do that, right? It's sure. not just the treaty that the who already does this to us, and it's been doing it to us for seventy-four years. The problem right. that I see it as is now we have people in there who are basically starting to do nefarious things, mm-hmm. and so we can't we can't sit back anymore and trust. It's like Pierre Poliver. He might be the best prime minister canada has but we can't trust that we can't trust anybody anymore we got to watch them like a hawk right and that's and why and it, that's they work for us and it's like having it's like being a ceo and having employees you have to well, have teams yeah. that watch right you're absolutely let, right let me, read you, let me read you one thing and i thought yeah. you might be interested in this what you just spoke about right the last piece of the the request to amend the statute laws this is all coming from america america has initiated this the last piece says if a state is not able to adjust its domestic legislative arrangements, I'll read that again, is not able to adjust its domestic legislative arrangements. That's our law. Like that's Canada. That's everything. Right. And I right. bet you all of these bilateral agreements say things like that, because that's you're, why they're bilateral.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and so, you know, you, you mentioned <clears throat> sort of us taking our responsibility back and, and holding our politicians accountable. I, I've been saying that for, I'm not sure how long, a long time, that we sort of, for the longest time, decades, we've abdicated our responsibilities. And we've allowed our politicians to essentially do whatever they want. And just lately, we're starting to wake up and we're starting to to pull that that responsibility back. And, and so this is another way that I see us doing this. Here's another, here's another situation that's been created that hopefully we can inspire people to to wake up and to see what the consequences of this whole agenda and this being part of it. Uh, so yeah, incredibly important.
2: Yeah, not just wake up, right? I think it's right. the action Absolutely. part now. Yes. So I was listening to um Oh, what the hell is that guy's name? The Indian guy is from Chennai. Uh, the, the very well-spoken um, leader in the movement last year, an American guy. You know, the guy who created email, I think. I can't remember what oh, his Shira.
0: name
2: Yeah, Shiva. Shiva. I was listening to yeah. Shiva this morning. And he said something so important. He said how successful we have been in the past two years. Certainly doesn't feel like it. But we... Right we have been, we have had huge impact. And now we have all these organizations and things like the World Health Council was not set up two years ago. So Mm -hmm. I think looking at it positively, we are starting to be influential and in a good position. So the question, like what you said in the beginning is, okay, so how, how are we going to inspire people? And I think, The truth is, and you talk to any kind of person in industries or nonprofit or government, is you have to do what's young and relevant and contemporary. We've got to get in there and we've got to control the story on this. So we can't expect people to, you know, buy books and read this stuff and go to the meetings and sit in front of bureaucrats. Everyone will fall asleep. I mean, the stuff is, I've been in these meetings a lot. I started in this world. Boring, so boring, right? We need something that is fresh and sexy and young and I, if I was going to vote and put a million bucks into this, I'd say TikTok videos. Right. And you may right. think, oh, God, that sounds ridiculous. But can you imagine how cool that would be? Right? All the kids watching. Well, and the young people, like, get mm. involved, you know, yeah. with the Who or you want another lockdown. We could nail this with TikTok. <clears> but <throat> as you know, we need more capital. And now mm. that all the organizations that have set up and journalists like you and whatever, and uh, I know you're also a, a public... Uh, you know, running for office kind of guy, we all need to get our hands on a lot more capital to to be able to control the story and do these kinds of things. Because that's really what we're fighting, right? We're fighting huge amounts of it's marketing.
1: 100% it's yeah. marketing. And I, I just put up a tweet a couple of days ago uh, in relation to the bigger picture of, of this globalist agenda and and saying the same thing. It's, it is marketing. And if, I mean, we saw... The support that, for instance, the convoy had financially—twenty—they raised twenty million dollars in a couple of weeks. Yes, right. If they can do that, then we need to figure out how to inspire people to support us uh, in a marketing campaign. And but that's really hard, though, Susan. Even in in terms of this specific issue, if I went to one of my um, media outlets in Saskatoon. Like global or CTV or whatever CBC, God forbid, uh, and and had a, a, a you know bought some commercials, but they'd never air it. It would never see the light of day, right? Well, we don't need to use that world. That's the thing. Well, that's, and that's it. So that's what we have yeah. to do. We have to leverage all of these other um, you know media outlets, independent like tiktok and and like others so you're 100 correct
2: and even before that so i have an entertainment background and that's why i decided to start the protest and do what i do the way i do with t-shirts and my boobs and everything right Is it works right right? people they may not like what i say but they will stop and listen right and i know why and i and that's why i do what i do but um the most important thing is we need talent acquisition so Mm -hmm. we need the people who can do this so we get the money let's say we got 10 or 20 million bucks we need to buy the talent who can do this. And when we were leading these protests, we must have led them for a solid 12 months. So that's 48 marches, but we did 48 marches or 52 marches. And we we were the authentic core of the movement in Vancouver or BC. And everybody right, would say right. that, but we were very fringy and we didn't have any money. And the guys had yellow vests and stuff like this, right? Well, this little group comes out of nowhere, sets up this Instagram account. They've got awesome talent their first march, they had 20,000 people. They blew us out of the water. And I was like, who are they? We need to start working with them. And that's all they had. They just had better talent. And mm-hmm. so it's not as hard as you think. If we've got the money, we can buy the talent. We have our own airwaves now, right? I mean, look at CNN Plus, it went down. So a lot of that is long-term strategy. And we didn't have the legs two years ago, but I think we do now. And I think we got the organizations to do it. All
1: right. Yeah, I don't disagree. And so um, do me a favor, expand a little bit, Susan, on what you talked about in the video that I just saw, just as as information for people that are watching so they understand what's really happening here. And and you broke it down so well in the interview or in the video that I'd like you to do a little bit of that. Okay.
2: Okay. So what I spoke about, you tell me what part you thought was interesting. I talked about the International Health Regulations, the yep. constitution of the who and then the assembly i just kind of tried to explain all the basic pieces the, yeah yeah because if we we have to understand how these systems work we can't just yell that something's going on right so we've right. we've got to become the experts so as far as i um have been able to understand and i've put about 6 or 8 hours into this is it's really get, kicking off next week in geneva with this proposition of amendments to the laws this is new and it's coming from the united states and that's what this document is it's really easy to read it's 13 pages there's something in it that worries me though or some another piece of it that i read ukraine is mentioned Mm -hmm. and i was like this stuff should have been drafted in january Mm -hmm. so unless it was updated in the past what five weeks Mm -hmm. Why was Ukraine in there, right? We don't know how nefarious this is. And Mm -hmm. my my thought is they're orchestrating these disasters in order to legitimize the need. Oh, we need it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So so the the,
1: when was this published then?
2: Well, that's the thing. The dates on it are kind of like the front page says April 12, but then over the course of the next two pages, it says the stuff had to be submitted in January. It has okay. to give the assembly four months to read it. And mm. so since I'm yeah, so her first letter, her front page was January 18th that she submitted right. these changes. So I'm like, and, okay.
1: And talking about Ukraine. Yeah.
2: Well, no, maybe Ukraine was added later. I don't know. I mean, right. these things happen. They're 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 this is their full-time jobs. They're working on them all the time. I, I would imagine, or I would hope so. Yeah. But for me, um the uh the the biggest part is the biggest opportunity I think for us is to for all of us to understand that the assembly is democratic and it's very big, this assembly, the world health assembly right next door to the, that runs the who they are big on transparency and ethics. Everything is recorded. All the minutes, the board meetings, like it's very public and open. It's not like the world economic forum that's secretive and you can't get in there. Right. So and i've worked in international you know um sort of not diplomacy but i worked in the aid industry and this is a world that very much fears loss of credibility mm. so mostly you're seeing good behavior like there's sludge there's bureaucracy where people i think at some point they don't care it's a, it's yeah. a gravy train but we can we can leverage our way in to force our message in because it will be seen transparently. And I think a lot of nation uh, delegations be like, whoa, wait a minute. The Canadians are here. They've got something to say. Mm -hmm. They're not happy. We have power. We have social power in the world, but we have to learn how it works. And then we have to learn how to Mm -hmm. control the parts that we don't want. Right. A big part of it is money because the who is broke. Right. And Tedros said that at the end of last year's meeting. They're they're always
1: saying that. <laughs> they're, they're always
2: the money yeah. yeah the money from us so other than those sort of broad strokes was there something in particular that you thought was no i just wanted to sort of
1: cover it in general so people have an understanding of what's happening at the end of the month what it means and then there was something about 6 months from now uh we have this offer, this yes. window um so speak a little bit to that
2: yeah okay so in between the 22nd and the 28th this month in geneva everybody gets together and they do the regular assembly of the business of the assembly. And let's say 90% of it is good stuff. You know, everybody's safe and the countries are, you know, they deal with things like obesity and tuberculosis and stuff, right? So they're running their business. And then as a part of business, these uh, amendments will be proposed. And so on one afternoon is going to be the meeting where the United States says, we want to change the laws. We want to put in a treaty. And so the ability to set up a treaty sits inside the constitution of the, of the World Health Assembly Organization, and that's Article 19. So they can't right. just throw up a treaty. They have to follow the Constitution the same mm-hmm. way we would. And someone like Brian Peckford could speak on this. And that that's a very small section. It's Article 19, and it says the WHO can create treaties. So they're going to have to pass a law, basically, or amend the rules okay. that this new treaty so the six-month part is if they say yes and everybody votes and says okay we vote for the beginning of a treaty it's essentially just the discussion of it and change language
1: in the constitution to allow for this change yeah
2: yeah and everybody says okay that sounds good we need a treaty because a lot of the pandemic caused a lot of problems in the world health-wise a lot of people died because it hijacked health systems and i think what they're trying to do now is double or triple or or ten times fold the power they have over us and the yeah. money. and that's so, what the treaty will be about
1: so bingo, you just you hit on for me, the problem with globalism in its entirety is this this idea of redistribution of wealth, right? where everybody equity, everybody is equal. every nation is equal. And in order for them to achieve that, they have to strip the West of its wealth and its standard of living and its health care, quite frankly, um, to be equal to the rest of the second and the third world, right? That's what this is all about. And this is why I'm I'm so against globalism and the globalist agenda and global governance. And so this is, of course, one aspect of it, but it's Again, showing the reason that, that we need to oppose all of this if we want to protect what we have and, 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 you know, what we've established to this point.
2: Yeah, and maybe I would respectfully disagree with that a bit. And, and just for argument's sake tonight, right? That, okay, let's say, um, let's say being equal, the equity part's okay. I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing as long as Canada doesn't suffer. Like, let's help everybody else, right? Like, lift them up. Everybody gets to lift it up. But I don't think that's what this is about. This is about, you know, psychopaths, basically, who are starting to control public health and pharmaceuticals and defense. And they're they're realizing that these treaties... They can control our countries because yes. they can control the treaties yes. of the global organizations. And it's, it's just so bizarre. It's like something from outer space in a way. Well, and, and when, We've had benevolence,
1: when have, we feel when have Bill Gates, that is the number one funder of the World Health Organization, essentially we're turning over our sovereignty and putting it in the hands of Bill Gates,
2: well, I know. And I just wish that his time would come and he would just be off the planet. And I say that respectfully, but because, you know, we will rebound probably back to, the, it's not normal what they're trying to do now. And I think a lot of them are nervous by this. It's not normal at all. And the old international health community, because I started in it like 20 years ago when I was working in a the war, there was a certain acceptedness of, okay, well, there's just always going to be some tragedies and some inequalities that you have to live with that sense, right? right. and and a lot of these people like gates who get involved with these things because they're i think think they're bored and they have nothing to do they want perfect systems and they won't sleep at night it's like elon musk you know he's, i'm sure he's a nice guy but they just want perfect systems and they will stay up for weeks on end without sleeping to make the perfect system but we're yeah. we're in the system so i wanted to answer your question though you asked about that 6 months before i yeah. forget If the treaty, if everybody says, okay, yes, that sounds good. The treaty, the six months from what I understand is that that's the opt-out time. So Mm -hmm. a country can opt out if they're realizing, no, you know what? And that's good governance. You got six, it's like, you know, being engaged before getting married, right? They got six months to pull out and they probably would imagine a lot of countries would because it it might not be worth it for them. There might be too many negatives, but they will want Canada in it because we're so rich and so big.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. The other
2: thing that I think that we all have to start doing, and this was so hard for us in the beginning of the pandemic, because to understand this, I mean, the Constitution is 287 pages, like mm-hmm. what, what I'm going to read it in my spare time and become an expert. I mean, nobody pays me. I don't have any power in these meetings. Right. We need teams of lawyers. And we need, like, a citizen component to these delegations with our own lawyers to be able to help us understand what's being done to us. And that's easy. So it's, that's just money and lawyers.
1: An example of the, of what you're talking about, <clears throat> for example, is, a, is an organization called UN Watch, where they okay. sit in, right? They sit in on every UN delegation. They are there and they... They offer, obviously, criticisms of, of what the UN is deciding and what all of these countries are deciding. And, and, and they're there and they're present and they're allowed to be there to, to be just that, the opposition to, you know, to what, what they're progressing with. So uh, th- that would be an example of that. And so I think it's a, a fantastic idea. It's well, yeah, and I
2: I made a note of something like that that we should be we should have our own kind of observers, you know what I mean? And that's why the delegation is not just from the government. So Hadju's in the government, Tam is um appointed, the Mm. opposition is there. So the conservative guy is there, right? Michael Barrett, his riding is Thousand Islands near Kingston, where I went to Mm. Queens. Mm. So theoretically he's that watcher. And then there wasn't there was a an international health NGO from Ottawa who went. A couple of years ago, so that could be the watcher point. It's built into the system, but if these organizations don't have money or or it's not offered to them, and here's lunch and here's the chairs, you could see how it would thin out, right? So it's really up to us mm. to force our way in. I like that idea of a watch, though. There's an organization here called they're watching the surveillance industry, and they their right. logo is watching the watchers, right? <laughs> because yeah. they, they monitor surveillance. So and that's a very you know the public will believe, buy into that. I think the media would buy into that. That's a very accepted idea. What you suggested, hmm. some sort of a watch yep. on this. Why not? What's what's the negative? And rec- someone like right. Rex Murphy would cover a story like that,
1: right? Yeah, hundred percent. And and so now, of course, you know we have good ideas. It's putting it into 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 work and, and putting it into action. And of course, action requires funding, and so. That's, you know, again, if we're a country that supports a convoy to Ottawa uh, with 20 million dollars, obviously there's some resources out there that could help something like this. So I'd like to work with you a little bit further on this idea and and see if we can put something, uh, you know, at least on paper and and uh, develop this a little bit more.
2: Well, maybe the, um, like I said, the World Health Council is already a year into this, right? Yeah. And if, if we were to assemble five or $10 million, because they're trying to raise money, they've got a donation page, I can see that if we can come up with some serious money and our own governance, because we have to have our own governance on our, ourselves and who's going to do this, whatever, right. um, to launch or, or to bolster their group or whoever's doing this. There's another guy named Roguski. Have you, in, have you haven't spoken to him yet? A eh? James oh. Roguski. Okay. Right. He's in, he's in LA. I was just trying to call him. We're spe- we supposed to speak for the past two days. He's working with the Canadian uh, group. I would say he is probably the foremost expert on the watch side. I think he knows the most about this. He's been blowing, he's been blowing the whistle on this for a while. So sure. there's him And, but the people who are gonna fund this are the ones who funded uh, Tamara. And when, not to say that it was only her, but you know what I mean? uh, The big effort when the money really started coming in. It's I think kind of corporate Canada who's in the middle you know the manufacturing industry, energy, or oil, or trucking, or food—just the regular middle section of corporate Canada. I'm not talking about the big cartels and the not the small businesses. These guys were writing checks for twenty and forty thousand dollars for the convoy. They don't want lockdowns. They don't want any of this. So they will. Well, find- and,
1: I mean, let's face it, Susan. We're talking about Canada, a country that holds its healthcare very dear and this spans all ideologies all political leanings this this is this is something that is taking sort of canadians uh, i mean our focus we, we are about health care we are about looking after our people and so there should be a whole lot of people that are very concerned that you know, our decision making is being taken from us and handed to an unelected foreign entity. That shouldn't be very hard to sell. That should be something that, you know, we should be able to rally the troops around. So, and once we do that, then I think. Yeah. You know, and I would say, next, yeah. yeah. Go ahead.
2: And I would say that, the, and I would say the natural health community those ones first rather than the doctors because they're in business with pharma right and that's all they're together they're all going to make a killing on this treaty and the the all these new um recommendations are all about products and storage and shipping and containers like you can just see the cash flowing right so who who if we were going to build this up right who are the leading voices in every province who's Mm -hmm. got the money I'm a big believer in you have to have a big, beautiful vision. Then you really get people off the couch and you really get money and who can lead it. Who is the credible team that's going to march into this world with a take no prisoners attitude and change the game. We, we can get all the other countries on our side. No country wants this. There's 194 members, no country, sensibly wants this right they don't want any control over them so i think it's a matter of how um savvy we are and maybe if if enough people aren't too occupied with other initiatives because it seems like there's a hundred things to do every day
1: there is but this one's this one's pretty important and this one is sort of exemplary of the bigger picture this is this is what i've been fighting for for the last 20 years against is this idea of us losing our sovereignty and this is a perfect example of that, and and should be easy to explain to people at, and what the consequence is. So, uh, you know, uh, it's it's a big one. And and well, so you, I wanted to
2: do a couple of quick things. I yeah, don't yeah. Know how long you want to go on? Okay, yeah, go these, are just, these are just the sections, right? So, one of the sections is surveillance. This is mm. going to be about surveillance, mm. right? They they want access to the data. A lot of Um, what they have proposed has actually been crossed out in this document. And I can't figure out why, why are they crossing stuff out? Right. Is that good Mm. or is that bad? I'm not sophisticated enough to understand that. That's why we need lawyers. Right. Mm. Um, Okay. This is interesting. So the, one of the response sections, it, the sentence originally said at the request of a state party, the who shall offer assistance to collaborate with the state party. That's all crossed out. It just says, who will the who will offer assistance? so there's no request anymore that's not good. That's more authoritarian language I would think I could be wrong, but I would think so any kind of changes to this a big huge section and this is where the money is is compliance. There's going to be a new compliance committee that looks like it's got hundreds of people in it. it's it's half the document is about compliance. And right. then finally, right. the thing you said that I think is really important and this is what we could expect to see, That We were lucky in many ways because our jurisdiction, we have three jurisdictions, right? Municipal, provincial and federal. And Mm -hmm. so it was in many ways those things saved us because the tyranny got caught between the gaps and they didn't really know how to lock us down. Is it federal? Whatever. It also was something that was harder for us because law enforcement didn't know what to do. The police the Vancouver police didn't know sorry. if they could stop the RCMP, whatever. So how this is going to be placed upon this, I would imagine will be um the, the feds will do it in their federal jurisdiction. So things like airports, travel, anything they have control over as federal jurisdiction, right? Mm-hmm. Because they can't overreach that. And then when they need to reach into provincial jurisdiction, They'll do what they did with the pandemic and they will bribe the premier. Yeah, they'll
1: extort. They'll extort provinces, they'll bribe them, they'll whatever. Absolutely they will.
2: And I just
1: want this is where I say, and and so I'll use the example that I've talked about quite a bit as of late, is Scott Moe, the premier of Saskatchewan, who's went along with it for two years. And up until so as the convoy's moving to Ottawa. Scott Moe announces to the public that they're lifting the restrictions and the mandates, but there was something else at play in the background that not, not too many people knew and that the people of Saskatchewan, his base, which is mostly rural, um, their donations were at 10% of what they would normally have been at that point in the year, years prior. So there were 10% of donations, which spoke volumes. To him,
2: you mean? Donations
1: to Pablo? Okay. To to support and power and keeping power. And so he had to act. He had to tell his base, okay, I hear you. This is the decision that we're going to do. We're lifting mandates and restrictions. The next day, Jason Kenney in Alberta announced that they're lifting mandates and restrictions sooner than Saskatchewan is, right? So it becomes this this perception race that, you know, who's, do- and then the rest of the dominoes fell after that. So here we are, this little province of Saskatchewan, a million people, but we're very special in that we still have influence on the government. We yeah. still have, right, this, this 50-50 rural urban split where most of the the, the ruling party um, is rural, The their, their support is rural. And so this idea of self-reliance, self-determination, independence, that still reigns supreme in Saskatchewan. So we have this ability to to influence the government if we can become united, if we can 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 stand together for something that we believe in. And um, I mean, who doesn't believe in the sovereignty of our own healthcare system in Saskatchewan, especially the birthplace of healthcare? And and so. We think that we can lead the country and, and the rest of the dominoes will fall where we can get it to a position where, you know, in a first minister's meeting, that's called how I envision it, that they are able to pressure the federal government to say, we're not on board with this. Enough is enough. We're not doing this. We're not ceding our sovereignty, our health sovereignty to some unelected foreign entity that's not countable or responsible to any of us. So I think we have a, a huge opportunity.
2: Oh, definitely, but it will always be the struggle. Like at the beginning of the pandemic, the Fed uh, Transport Canada regulated and regulates more, but the thirteen main international airports. So they shut down nine of them, and they didn't ask the premiers. They have the power. They just shut. They didn't have to. In that. Yeah. So it's it's things like that. The um the other thing that I wanted to mention that was important about um uh, what you said about the 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 convoy moving and the donations so much of this is driven by the money right and the big Absolutely. question is how do people like you and me and Jennifer Hibbert and, and anybody in Canada who's doing this how do we how do we spark an interest mm-hmm. especially in i would say young people because this isn't just like a 5 month 6 month thing this is a 5 or 10 year thing right mm-hmm. how do we get people from age 20 to 45 seriously excited about this kind of stuff the way they're excited about launching tech companies or raising children or whatever it is how do we bring that back before it's before it's too late the the other part that um is so worrisome right is this this um what's mentioned in this amendment is that a global workforce will be created with the treaty. That's what it comes with this global workforce. That's I think probably part compliance. So this is the the enforcement and the treaty probably is there because the enforcement has to happen. Right. The who will just say, Oh, you have to do this now, but no, if nobody enforces it, I think that's why the treaty will come into place because it will bring enforcement and compliance. Um, And that maybe what we're seeing in Shanghai is the test of this. Maybe Mm. that is the global Mm. workforce. Like It's so extreme what they're doing, right? Did you see what happened to North Korea?
1: Yeah. Lockdown? No, I haven't seen anything. Lockdown.
2: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I usually get the news earlier because of London time, right? So lockdown.
1: Totalitarian states, of course, that's where they're going to start, right?
2: Well, but the announcement is, oh, COVID is here and there's a vaccine. Google it. There's a vaccine component. So Kim Jong or whatever his name (laughs) is uh, didn't go for the vaccines the first time. And the story says, because he couldn't get enough and he wants multiple amounts for each resident. I don't know how many people in North Korea, but I think it it might be the beginning of this next thing. It's COVID has been discovered. There's an outbreak. So North Korea has gone into lockdown. And I'm like, is it going to be another test? Are they going to be testing this global workforce? Mm-hmm. Oh, I know what it is. It's the nurses. So BC is, has to sh- Import and I call it trafficking. They're trafficking fifteen hundred nurses in from the international community to replace the ones they fired, and and I think it's trafficking. I think it's a labor trafficking deal, right? I it think is it's labor a, trafficking. Absolutely, it is trafficking. Yeah, and I'm not saying that they're bad people who are going to be coming in, but it's right. trafficking. And so is that the beginning of this as well? Is it going to give John Horgan the ability to fast-track labor into our country because it meets the treaty, it, it, the, the treaty allows it, right? So maybe yes. BC is being used for that reason.
1: Absolutely. 100%. 100%. It's very scary. It's all very scary. And, and all of this stuff has been very well thought out and, and orchestrated and coordinated for many years. So, um, you know, we obviously humanity tends to react. So we have to catch up and and hopefully uh, put the brakes to, to all of this. Um, Susan, I really appreciate you joining us and having this discussion. Absolutely. Do you want uh, me incredible. to give
2: you a couple these two websites? Do you want me to yeah, bring them
1: up? Send that for sure.
2: You don't want me to say them right now for the audience?
1: Oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Okay.
2: So the the um, Canadian uh, the World Council on Health. So that is Jennifer Hibbard okay um, and the site look world yeah world council and their campaign around this is is hashtag stop the treaty okay stop the treaty. and then the other okay. guy you should definitely interview him yeah stop the treaty it's World Council for Health and it's Jennifer Hibbard she's I know her she's where is she she okay. might be in Ontario so there's three Canadians. The other guy and they may they may see that James is more knowledgeable than them even. I don't know, you'd have to ask them, but is James Rogowski. So it's R O G U S K I dot com. And I think he was kind of the original guy screaming about this for, for a few years, speaking okay. truth to power. And he knows a lot about this too. So your viewers may want to do that. James Rogowski.com and the World Council for Health dot
1: org. Okay.
2: And then you said uh, yeah, Mark Trazzi, too, right? Well, Trazzi's on the World Council for Health. He's on the steering committee. Okay. okay. So there's three Canadians. There's a Brit. There's a woman named Tess who's here with me. There's a guy from the Philippines. Uh, mm. Germany. There's a German. So it looks like they're starting to build what you were saying about this watching thing. Their steering no, right. community. No, right. They may be trying to get 194 partners, which would be amazing. Kind of the counter narrative to the tyranny of the World right. Health
1: Organization. Right. Very good. Awesome. Okay. Well, I, again, I appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for the information and come to the table. So prepared. Um, I'm going to do an update with you probably in the next couple of weeks, see where we're at and uh, maybe we can do a few things behind the scenes in the interim.
2: Yeah, for sure. I want to nail down the definite attendees in this delegation because there's a couple of gaps here. Um, And maybe you could even maybe we could even get a statement out of this Michael Barrett guy who is the shadow health minister who is applied, obliged to go like it's part of his role. He should be there. So does he have some concerns about this? He may he may be very concerned. What what does he have to say? What does Candace have to
1: say? Right. 100 percent. Absolutely. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, we have to take advantage of what's in front of us. So there's a conservative party leadership race right now. And we should be demanding answers from all of these yeah. you know potential leaders and, and and getting them discussing it and talking about it. I haven't heard them say anything about it, of course.
2: Well, you know who's but. saying that we don't need this is Leslyn Lewis.
1: She yeah, I heard that somebody he did yeah, mention. She said
2: that. We don't need it. Yeah. And she's yeah. right. Well, we don't. And God, it's gonna be so much more expensive. Big- big systems are we don't need big systems right they don't even talk okay. about things like getting a good night's sleep and eating apples there's no mention of nutrition <laughs> yeah,
1: no. okay well listen Never. thanks
2: so much and good for you good to see you back on the horse again you look great
1: yeah you betcha nice to be back good to see you okay we'll okay. do it again thanks yeah, susan. bye all right so uh susan stanfield um on the global pandemic treaty so i appreciate her coming up and joining us to discuss her perspective and on this uh, i just think it's insane i i can't imagine regardless of political leanings i can't imagine anyone any canadian in favor of ceding our health governance to an unelected foreign i can't i can't imagine anyone being in favor of this so it's up to you guys um, to blow this up, to get it out there. So, you know, share this video, share the petition, create your own petition in each province, petitioning with a with an open letter to the Premier, petitioning your Premier and the government to, to use the provincial power to put a stop to this. Um, you know, we, we we have to get active, we have to do this. Uh, We have to take back our responsibility if we're going to protect our interests and force these damn politicians to do what we want. They work for us. They are our employees. We tell them what to do. It's just that we haven't been telling them what to do for decades. So we need to re-engage. We need to start this again. So. you don't do what you have to do. And again, I don't have a lot of faith that, that Horgan is going to be a voice against this. I, of course, he won't. But you still need to voice your opinion. You still need to raise the issue. You still need to inform your fellow residents, whatever province you're in. Everyone needs to understand what's happening and why it's happening. And, and that's it. That's the key to all of this. And this is just one more in a long line of, you know, agreements and treaties that are literally stripping us of our sovereignty and our nation state. We have a prime minister in Canada that refers to us as a post-national state this is exactly what he's talking about when he does that this is how they're doing it they want global governance they want to rid the world of the nation state because they think this communist socialist fascist utopia is going to be the answer you heard dennis meadows founder of the club of rome writer of the limits to growth um say openly That we need to reduce the globe's population by 7 billion people. And he hopes to do it in a peaceful way. Well, what does that mean? Through vaccination? Through the jab? Through viruses that they're creating in a lab? We really, really have to start paying attention. We really have to start opposing all this. And that responsibility is ours. We have to take it back and we have to force the politicians to do what we want. So. Anyways, that's it. i got to get busy. I got work to do yet today, Uh, but she's in the UK. So I had to, I had to stick around and and do this before, uh, before I head out. So anyways, I love you guys. We will win, um, but it's going to take a lot of effort, a lot of dedication and a whole lot of patriotism um, to save this. So uh, let's get busy. Anyways, thanks, guys. Share this out. And remember, globalism bad, nationalism good.
0: All right. Ciao for now.
1: Oh, before I go, I this evening at 7.30, I'll be having uh, Jeremy McKenzie join us, the raging dissident. Um, that should be an interesting discussion as well.
0: Anyway, ciao. This puppet show stays on because of you fools We've been dancing with the devil way too long I know it's fun, but get ready to pay your dues oh, God. you now before we're too far gone. I hope one day they finally see the truth. God, we need you now.